the state's biggest reservoir project already in trouble? More California firearms restrictions? And California could become the first state to require women in boardrooms. That's what's coming up in this week's episode of California Streaming. You're listening to the California Streaming Podcast with Bobby, Jonathan, and Louie. We're just three conservative friends trying to provide some counterbalance in one of the most liberal states in the union. So let's hop on our magic choo-choo train to nowhere and talk some California politics. Good afternoon, guys. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, we're ready to burn it all down again. Thank you, Bobby. Of course. Hey, (laughs) wait a minute. You know... I, I was listening to Adam Carolla mm-hmm. uh, today, and uh, I noticed that he has stolen our James Woods bit, and it, it was it was hilarious because he's having his son read it off as you know he's reading the tweet and he's trying to steal it. But we did it first here, and want to say it's because we didn't have your little um, trumpet blaring music last time. Oh yeah, and you know obviously he's uh, he's pouncing on with the blood in the water. So obviously, right. you know, he's going after us. I thought that was pretty funny. I, I'm a regular Adam Carolla listener. I love his podcast. I love his series with uh, Dennis Prager. So I, when you were telling us that today, I thought that was that made me laugh a little bit. It's a little cute. <laughs> we're, we're we're going after the big fish here. Yeah, we have like no downloads, but people are stealing from us. Awesome. Now I feel special. I feel famous at that rate. Do you? A little bit. <laughs> he probably just did it because James Woods has an awesome Twitter. It may not even have anything to do with us. I don't know if we thought about that angle. But we have some good topics today. I think it's kind of crazy that we have... We generally do three topics a show. Yeah. And we do a show every week. And California gives us really awesome things some prime to talk about. cuts. Every yeah. single week we have prime rib. Yummy. They're just they're just cranking this stuff out so fast. And we're always constantly having to keep up. Like we're recording this show obviously before the the legislature ends their session. Right. So we don't know what they'll just like ram through all of a sudden. I, like you you they can't like <clears throat> ram through, but they can rewrite laws. So we won't know what the final version of the bills will be when they do it. So Well, you know what's crazy is we had discussed uh just last week about the bail, California abolishing bail, and they did. Right. That's right. You know, some That's of these right. things we talk about, it either passed the House or it passed the Senate. A lot of it maybe hasn't even reached Jerry Brown yet, so we just don't know the disposition of these uh, these bills, but that one got signed, you know, and that's pretty gnarly. By 2019, I think it's October 2019, bail is gone in California. If you get convicted... Uh, or or charged, excuse me. If you get charged with something now, right? Starting in 2019. Yeah. 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 So your bail's gone. Uh, an algorithm or a judge will decide your fate based on statistics algorithm. and data. That's right. Just like Google search. And, uh, and then that entire industry is gone. I mean, uh, we're probably, at least I, I'm kind of uh, uh, familiar with around almost every courthouse Oh yeah, in some kind of civic there, yeah. area, uh-huh. there's always a ton of bail bonds agents, you know, and wherever the jail is, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. that whole deal's gone now. Dog, the bounty hunter episodes are going to become like, well, that's Hawaii. Oh, good point. Hawaii still, they're next. 
<laughs> Might as Boy, well they be. seem just as liberal as California sometimes. John, you're the leader on this episode. I thought we'd start Take with a topic. In. This topic, I'm not really sure we've talked much about this topic, but it's a big one in California. Water. And Water. I think Yeah. And I think this, this past couple of weeks, there was um, kind of a, a, an issue that arose from uh, a new project that they've been, they've been um, commissioned to start, but it's already, as you might imagine in this state, it's already kind of uh, getting a little headwind. So according to a Wall Street Journal, California Water Commission awarded nearly $3 billion in funding to help kickstart a range of water storage projects, including a new reservoir in the state's biggest in the state's biggest such investment in a generation. Okay. A lot of this centers around uh, what they call the Sites Reservoir in Calusa County, north of Sacramento. So what they're saying now is that this was originally, uh, the, this, pro- this particular reservoir in this area was envisioned to hold, or excuse me, to uh, increase 60% of additional water storage statewide. So we've been talking so long now, it seems, in this state, we got a water problem. We don't have enough storage. And I'm actually going to bring listeners up to speed real quick before we're done here in terms of what historically happened. Because every time I talk to somebody, especially older generations who've been in California their whole lives, they always talk about Jerry Brown's dad as really helping out the state because he rammed through all of the original water projects, right? So now they're realizing, oh, we got a problem Maybe we should do something. This site's reservoir was kind of the first deal at it. But now after a, quote, uh, complex public benefit assessment that water commissioners used to decide how much proposals in this $3 billion get funding, apparently this thing's only going to get a fraction of the original money that was commissioned to it, even though it's going to be, in theory, responsible for 60%. So where's the rest of the money going? Because right, it, it, yeah. it went from billions to like $800 million, That's right. right? Exactly. Like um we passed a water bill, and we didn't get any water from it. <laughs> we always bring this one up, but why does this remind me again of our gas tax thing, right? We passed the gas tax because it's going to go to transportation. Oh, no, no, no. Now we really need to be told that it needs to go to transportation. I mean, it's the Boy same Scout thing. swear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Right. With the fingers crossed behind the back. So let me just give a quick – water is such a big issue in this state, Um there's certain specifics here. Again, I had always heard from previous generations about, you know, what in the world, uh, how did we get what we had and then why did it drop off? So at least the following I wanted to lay out to give kind of timelines and you'll notice a big, huge gap. So back in 1956, California Department of Water created and led what's called the California Water Plan. 1960, construction began uh, to and, and the whole purpose of this, in a really general sense, the purpose was more rain, more snowpack, just more moisture in the northern part of our state, because our state's so huge, and wanting to get that down the state through the valley, uh, growers, farmers, and especially down to the populated Southern California portion. Okay, so that's kind of the big thrust of all this back, you know, 50, 60 years ago. Construction begins... In 1961 to 63, we heard about this recently in the news, uh, Oroville Dam. Oh, our right, friend. Yeah. Right, that's right. The one that just kind of had a problem. But the Oroville Dam got constructed back in 1961 to 63. Um, 
as did or, or construction began also in the California Aqueduct and the San Luis Reservoir. In 1968, the first water from all that, those projects reached the San Joaquin Valley. So we're about 10 years into the project. Eh, 56 was when they passed everything. 1968, water starts to reach the San Joaquin Valley, which I think we'd all consider about the middle-ish portion of the state. Farmville. Right, exactly. Yeah. All the farmland. Uh, 1973, water for the first time is delivered via pipes and pumps. And anybody who's driven on I-5 South going to LA. If you look over on the mountains, you can see the, the, the big, big, old exactly, pumps, the big yeah. pipes going up the hills. Okay. So in 1973, first water is delivered to Southern California. Now skip to 1997. So it goes from 73 to 97 is the coast branch that was helped deliver water to the central coast of California. That was completed. And that's it. So, between, let's say, 73, which was 56 to 73, major thrust of the project. I didn't, I, I should have looked this part up. I'm going to guess that the population in Southern California increased between 1973 and today. Probably, A little bit. Probably warranted maybe some additional work over the last, was it 30 years, 40 years? But we haven't got it. Well, and I'll add, too, anybody who's driven... From SoCal to NorCal via the five knows that the Central Valley had their water cut off. Exactly. Right. So during that period too, you know, we talk about in '68, H2O finally reached the San Joaquin <laughs> Valley. But if you drive through there today, they don't necessarily have water anymore. I mean, you'll see nothing but farmer signs talking trash to California about where's our water. Exactly, and then that goes in down the whole road in our state, right, of diversion of water in order to protect fish because of the fish migration habits, mating habits. Well, let's start talking about this boondoggle of the Delta Tunnels that they're digging right now. I mean, this is this is a large project, and to date, I think we're at $19, $20 billion that we're intending to spend Perfect. on this thing. And when is that going to get finished out? I mean, if they're going to run at the at the pace of the, the bullet train, <laughs> I don't think we're going to see any significant water anytime soon. I mean, this has become like this huge project that is never ending and always runs out of money. And surprise, surprise, doesn't it sound exactly the same as the bullet train? Exactly. I wonder for, we'll say what what was it, eight hundred and some odd million dollars? Uh, yeah, what got approved? Uh, I got it right here, but eight hundred sixteen million. Eight hundred sixteen million. How many desal plants could we make with $816 million? They even have the portable ones now. You know, in right. our area, they were talking about when they had kind of shuttered the one we had built here in Santa Barbara, and they weren't sure about bringing it back. Then they started talking about, I guess, GE builds portable plants. So, boy. I, I just can't figure out why. I mean, we have a gigantic coastline. Why we're not utilizing salt water instead of... We've been having these issues since the beginning of time, you know. Exactly. Anybody that that has looked into why is California shaped the way it is, towards the north we have very straight lines. And that was designed to keep the mountains and keep the gold. And towards the bottom, it's a very squiggly line around Arizona and the the tip of Nevada, the southern tip of Nevada. And that whole deal is because of the Colorado River and that we wanted to have some water so the Colorado became the border. 
and Nevada gets its little southern tip, so it got some of the water too. Otherwise, Arizona would have everything. Water predates the uh, creation of this state. Water has always been a problem. We live in a desert in Southern California. Uh, Central Valley to Southern California is a desert, and we don't have a lot of natural water. Northern California gets the rainfall, and NorCal is always pissed at SoCal because we take all the water. But, you know, and if you drive the 5-2, you see the California aqueduct winding in and out. Exactly. I don't know why we're not making any effort to utilize the gigantic Pacific Ocean. Well, I can tell you why we're not using it, and it's because of environmentalists, obviously. All this is is the result of environmentalists. Uh, Well, well, for desalinization, let's let's go with this. Okay. Okay, Okay, so... Let's talk about a desal plant and what it does. It's a big machine that converts salt water to fresh water. Okay, simple enough explanation. But the problem is these big machines, for one, take a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. So if you need a lot of energy while we're moving towards a renewable source of energy for the entire state, well, guess what? We're not going to have the enough energy to go around. Combine that with we need to, you know, level of area to put the plant in to begin with, with a, a cleaning facility as well. You know, I, we go in. I, I wonder here. though, there's got to be a lot of energy in getting water from the North to the South, right? There's got to be a pumping, uh, pumping, right. some kind of pumping yeah. operation, right? Yeah. And you know, maybe our listeners know way more than me. I'm just throwing up a pipe dream. Why, why can't the desal be more remote? Maybe in an area where solar is pretty decent, you know, they have a giant solar farm when you head out to Vegas, almost at state line. Why couldn't you just pump the water that, I mean, you're already pumping the water. Why couldn't you pump it from, from the sea to a remote location? Well, I mean, there's a couple of documentaries out there and you can pick and choose from which one you get, but there's a lot of interesting plans on how to best utilize desalinization plants. And while using wind and solar as the main um, source of energy for these items. And the way they do it is they, they use the water battery backup where they build a reservoir oh, somewhere sure. high up. Sure, sure. And then they use that reservoir to um, drain to drain into Pretty a mechanical hydroelectrical energy. power yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when the state or the municipality doesn't need all that energy. So it's a very interesting uh, use of uh, renewable energies and when they're doing it. But again, with that... Those are huge dollar amount of projects that take a lot of time, effort, and not to a mention lot of the, wheel and dealing. The space and the geography needed to sure. specifically make that work, right? A mechanical battery. I mean, we can find the at, locations. No, no, but, no well, problem. But, but, can, but again, wait, can we though? You, but, you, you look at you look at yes, wind power. Exactly. You look at wind power, and everyone says, "Oh, I want to I want everything to run on wind power. It's awesome." I just don't want to see any wind turbines. Right. Well, well, that's that's the same thing with the reservoirs. In, in, in order to have a reservoir, we got to, you know, fill up a place that was habitable by creatures. I, I just feel like creating a giant bowl to collect water is way old school for 2018. Like, we haven't that's, figured that's a, out. That's a fair point. <laughs> I mean, you watch, you know, Naked and Afraid, and they're building a little container to capture rainwater. Like, we're still doing that. We have all the technology... We have a damn hyperloop trying to be, try to be built under the city of Los Angeles, 
But we can't find another way to come up with water aside from a reservoir and piping it down to Southern California. But to loop back just in a general sense on something we said, we can, people have proposed it, but, but the liberals in the state tie themselves into knots because, for example, let's take a desal plant or a portable desal plant. Well, can I put the intake pipes down in this area? We need to do a study. What kind of fish are swimming around? What kind of reef? What kind? You know, you're not going to be able to find, given the people that are in control, Coastal Commission, et cetera, you're not going to be able to find a place to actually drop these pipes. Well, you, gotta, you see this with up north at the Delta because yeah. of the smelt is in danger. And that's exactly where our water is going. Yeah, exactly. Or the smell. It's crazy. And you see it here in Santa Barbara County uh, with the snowy plover at Vandenberg Air Force Base. Oh, which and is, on the dunes. Yeah, uh, which driving. is a federally protected area. So the beach is closed for most of the year because that's federal land and subject to federal rules. So because of the snowy plover, there's a giant, giant chunk of the coast and the beach that can't even be utilized. Well, El Trumperino decided to weigh in on our water troubles around here. What did he have to say? Well, he's not too happy about the bureaucracy and the general idea of we keep stalling, we keep doing all these useless regulations and studies and blah, blah, blah. Got to drain blah, the blah. swamp, folks. I mean, even even Ryan Zinke, the interior secretary, he came down he, uh, and kind of blasted Sacramento saying, what are you guys doing? Exactly what we're talking about. You You got bills. You got the money. But then you end up spending it on useless studies and what have you. He's, I was hoping that he would come out with his little um, uh, plan. He, he decided to come out with uh, a strategy. Uh, he gave the, the Office of the Interior uh, 25 days to, or maybe it was 15. It doesn't matter. It was supposed to come out fairly soon. I was hoping it would come out today and so that we could talk about it a little bit. But essentially what they're going to do is gonna say, look, here it is. You got water on the Pacific Ocean, exactly what we're talking about. Instead of spending $20 billion on Delta tunnels that will never work or actually do anything productive because we're just simply running out of water in general, we're going to head into our next cycle of drought. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The water that we received over the past two seasons, that's that's not going to happen going forward for the next... I don't know, probably five to eight years because that's the kind of cycle we have. That's what I've, it's interesting. Um, I wish I knew more, but I have heard from multiple sources now that we got, we got used to, even in the last, let's say 30, 40, 50 years, while all of this development was happening in California, we actually got used to, and it happened under sort of a, a, a moisture climate that historically they can trace, you know, tree rings, et cetera. Historically, isn't true. Back to your comment about it being desert-like, it's kind of like we kind of we kind of got lucky, and now we're kind of headed back towards uh, reversion of the mean, right? Over the next, to your point, Bobby, over the next upcoming years may be more desert-like, and that's not odd when you look at a long history no, of this I've, area. I've lived it's global here. warming, John. Oh, it's too convenient. Oh, I'm, oh, an I'm way off. Al, Al Gore Sorry. said it so oh, okay. when he invented the internet. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'd like to see what Ryan Zinkin comes up with with his draft proposal uh, for our water system. Because the only reason that they can get involved is because they have federal contractors that have water I think needs. I, I, I get frustrated because we just keep, year after year, we're putting 
hundreds of millions of dollars into creating gigantic basins to collect snowfall, snow melt, and, and rainfall. And we're not putting anything into using the ocean, a gigantic reservoir. I think the other thing that's funny, too, about all this, about the water issue, is their tactic for, okay, there's a problem. Now, they're going to be part, obviously, of the the group that generated the problem. However, the solution is to just mandate to you and you and everyone in the state, well, if you use over this, you're going to get fined. If you use over that, you're going to get fined this much more. They actually, I guess they say, uh, Brown signed two bills, um, SB 606, AB 1668, a couple years ago, I think, which imposed those uh, $1,000 per day fines and then $10,000 a day during drought emergencies, all that stuff. Crazy. So they did They did a study. Uh, this came out in April of 2018, SPCR.org. Statewide Californians are using 18% more water than at the same time in 2017, nearly the same amount as before the drought emergency was declared. And it's just, it's funny because you're, you're, this is just government thinking to me, but you're, but you're trying to impose fines, et cetera, in an effort to get around normal market forces, in which case the demand for the water is still the demand. And you're just trying to bend curves and, and escape the natural forces in the marketplace that are going to exist anyways. And they think that those sorts of fines are actually going to permanently drive us to change water habits. Right, because they can't get people to voluntarily do it, so they're just going right. to regulate you into submission. Which is the one argument I was reading about, and, and I guess it's worked in uh, Australia, or I was reading an example, but unless you take this thing to a free market, and, I, and I'm, I'm not the, an expert on exactly how you do this with, with the sorts of reservoir system and moving water around the state, et cetera, but... The minute this thing becomes a free market, don't you treat it like you treat everything else in your current day and you decide, do I want to pay this for that or do I? But and it's almost like healthcare in that regard. Until we sever the current rate structure, et cetera, or, or just, and then fines on top that are supposed to squash us down in terms of our usage, I don't see how any of this is going to change. Well, let me pull out my magic wand and see if we can fix this right now. Well, why not have a large desalinization plant? In the north part of the of the state, where we pump water into the Sacramento Delta, where it would solve the problem of not having enough water in the Delta to begin with, they can uh, feed their need to give the water as much water as they need to the fish, and at the same time they can continue pushing the water down to the San Joaquin Valley. I can and lower. I can already think of a problem. That water was sourced and generated from a non-natural right. source. So the the balances and the levels and the salinity and the pH, it's not what the smelter used to. You know, if if I was if I was a genius and I lived in Oregon or Washington, if I was those governments, I would start desaling water and selling it to California. Even just building reservoirs. I mean, the amount of rain that they get, just start building the California start profit, reservoir. Profiteering yeah, off the problem. No, no question. No question. Well, water is not going to be going, the, the issue of water in the state is certainly not going to be going away anytime soon. Okay. Ready for the next topic? Bring it. Guns. Now, we actually had something different in this segment, but just recently, 
we realize that California lawmakers have approved tougher restrictions on firearm possessions, which we all on this podcast were happy about because I think after this, there's going to be everyone's safe. Everyone's good. Yeah, I think they, they run you through the bubble wrap machine and then government has complete protection on you. Perfect. And we have to thank for that what it sounds like are three bills, two Senate bills, one assembly bill. Although I know there's been others that have been, were floating through recently, but I think these articles and, and what recently got approved. Well, well, that's what happens is that a lot of these bills are just, they just sit there yeah. until they can attach them to a, another rider bill and then boom, they're, they're the law. Boom. So we got three bills, Senate bill 1100 sponsored by Senator Port- Portentino. Uh, it would raise the minimum age to purchase a long gun from 18 years old to 21 years old. Yep, that'll change everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, Senate Bill 1177, sponsored by the same senator, would prohibit a person from making more than one application to purchase and the dealer delivery of any type of firearm within any 30-day period. So in California, I think it's currently a handgun that you can only buy one handgun per every 30 days, mm. but a long rifle you could buy, I guess, one and then wait for the cool off period by another one, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And, and rifles and stuff, historically shotguns, you could go to like big five. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're considered yeah. like hunting weapons, right? You know? but they're not going to loop that under the same law. You can't buy, it's basically one gun every 30 days. I don't care what type of gun. I don't care if, if you're registering it or trying to register it. You only get one every 30 days. Last, uh, last bill is an assembly bill. 3129, no firearm for people convicted of domestic violence misdemeanor will give anyone who's been convicted of misdemeanor domestic violence a lifetime ban. And I think before it was 10 years, and this bill is trying to change it to lifetime. Right, it was 10 years. You're done. No gun. No gun for you. But it's interesting and where you go with that because, I mean, we're talking about, well, it's not a felony. Well, you know. Well, there's one more part, too. If you've been involuntarily committed for a psychiatric thing. Involuntarily. Yeah, there's another involuntarily. Yeah. Okay. okay. Twice within one year. Okay. Ban. Done. You know what's interesting about this? We just um we just had the incident in Jacksonville, the shooting, right? The um the football video game tournament guy goes gets his he lost, I think. Right. When he, he was last gun. year's champion. Uh okay. And this year he got eliminated. So I came across something that's kind of interesting. He's from Maryland, and that's where he got his guns. Maryland has, first of all, the sixth strongest uh, gun laws in the country out of all the states. Okay. So it's up there. Right. To purchase a handgun in Maryland, uh, he first had to have completed training uh, and testing to obtain a license uh, from the Maryland State Police. And then when he bought the gun, he also had to provide his fingerprints, uh, and they also have a provision on keeping guns out of the hands of those deemed mentally ill. Right. I say all that to say they are, sounds like almost as close to us as creating gun utopia or gun control utopia. Right. It's not like uh, the... Baltimore, baby. Well, it's not all like the wives' tales we hear where you can just go to a gun show and buy an arsenal and walk out, and right. there's no regulation. He is in a state where it's pretty heavily regulated. And he still was able to obtain a gun and create, uh, commit a heinous act. Correct. Right. I think what's really interesting is that the 
the law also requires that you have eight hours of instruction yeah. and pass a live fire test in order to obtain a concealed carry permit. But the Firearms Policy Coalition, they quoted saying uh, it enacts a burdensome new mandate and then leaves it up to hundreds of different law enforcement agencies to determine how it should be interpreted and applied. They can make that course as long as they want. Like an eight-hour minimum? Right. So uh, the concealed carry measure has no limit on the amount of training a county can uh, demand for a CCW. And that's if you're in a county where you have a sheriff that actually lets you. So, so here's apply. my other point is that, okay, now we have a bunch of regulation and we have a bunch of requirements for this. So are we going to make getting a CCW easier? Exactly. This is this was because the fear is that oh, if I give you a CCW, you're going to become a mass shooter. You're going to do something bad. So a lot of counties just don't issue any of them, or the only people that get them are current or former law enforcement. So now that we have some more regulation on getting a CCW, we're going to make it easier to get one. Yeah, it's like okay, you're going to make me run a marathon and cross the finish line of the marathon to get a CCW, but that doesn't matter if. I'm chained and not allowed to start the race. Yeah, you don't even let me race. It, cor- correct. Race. So, I, I I hear what you're saying. If it'd be one thing if okay, this thinks you are creating this more difficult world to get a CCW, but anyone can try it. Okay, uh, I got to think about that. But that's not what we currently have. The other thing I thought was really interesting is um, the article quoted that the whole. The whole legislation, especially the psych portion, was intended to reduce the number of gun-inflicted suicide deaths. I don't feel like that's really the issue here. The issue is not, oh man, I want to kill myself. I'm going to go buy a gun and then I'm going to go wait through the cooling off period and then I'm going to bring it home and kill myself. If that is really what we're talking about here is we want to eliminate gun-inflicted suicide deaths... I think we're going about it the wrong way because if I really, really, really want to kill myself with a gun, I'm probably not going to purchase it brand new at this moment. I'm going to find one that already exists in my house or in a place that I can obtain it. And if I really want to kill myself, I'm going to find another way to kill myself. I don't know about you guys, but that strikes me as a heartstring argument to slip in oh, totally. what they want to do anyways. But, oh, no, no, this is this is because of suicide what, victims. What I mean, was that bill that they just put? They have another bill on the table. I'm not sure if they passed it or not. And it's it's a seizure. You know, all you have to do is prove oh. with a reasonable doubt yeah. that uh, somebody is uh, a threat to. I know the somebody. I'm going to go to the judge. Mm-hmm. No, the no, judge no, that can... exists, and I don't think it's within a reasonable doubt. I think it's just I said John was going to kill you. me, yeah, uh-huh. and then he gets all his guns seized. It's the same kind of deal with like the no fly lists. Oh yeah. The problem with the no fly list is it doesn't take a whole lot to get on it. And then there's like you, there's no process to get off it. I put you on it today. <laughs> there you mm-hmm. go. All you have to do is claim there's some kind of threat to you, and then all these things get enacted. All I have to do is say that I'm scared by John, and then they can come in and seize his guns. And then it's up to you to prove you're not a threat to get your guns back. Like, and the the whole gun thing is a constitutional right. I mean, we're not talking about uh, like a driver's license where it's a privilege. We're talking about you are constitutionally able to have a firearm 
until proven otherwise, not the other way around. They're calling it a gun violence restraining order. They're, right, there you go. Not to mention, when they go back and they look and they you know, piece together the data, from everything I've read and heard, all, all these sorts of psychiatric overlay laws would not have prevented most of these instances. I mean, most of the people who are involved in these sorts of, um, like you said, heinous, heinous acts would not have been prevented from the current overlay laws, let's call them. Right. It j- we're getting better. We're getting better at this, or, or the other side is getting more honest about this, I'd say. But let's just be real clear. It's just small baby steps marching towards they just don't want guns. I, and I don't, well. What, you respect people who would just say, I don't want guns? Yeah, no, no, I yeah. respect it. No, no, I, I respect that too. But I think what I want to say is that I can't wait for guns to be banned so that we can see the statistics not change. Mm-hmm. Right, because acid. I, mm. I, I would ah. love to see us. I'd love to see at some point just all this stuff, the the whole liberal utopia, go through, and guns just be extremely hard to get, and then watch as crime goes up and as none of these stats change but get worse. I don't know the numbers, but we've kind of seen it with knives, right, in London or in 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 the places that have banned guns. Well, n- n- knife. Uh, kniving victims have increased. Well, what a shocker. Right. Well, it's super high. I mean, more people die in London from knife attacks than New Yorkers die from gun attacks. And don't they have the boxes now on the, on the sides yeah, of the road, like, deposit your knife here? Right. right. Get, and, it. And Get a all, gift card. And anytime you have a gun buyback program or whatever, they're hugely flops. Oh, it's crickets. Right. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's cops sitting at a table looking around. <laughs> no, one's, no one's walking up. Right. And Nobody wants to address the real problem, which is the mental health aspect, right? We want to take away the weapon. We don't want to actually treat mm-hmm. why people want to go commit mass shootings or why we want to, you know, kill ourselves or kill other people. Mm-hmm. I think what's interesting is I feel like, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners do, where you're hearing way more of these shootings happen. And I, I have to believe a small portion of that not a larger portion is the media is kind of complicit in publicizing these, right? There's always that element of I'm going to be made famous. It's the soup du jour, baby. Yeah. And it's kind of like my theory with red flag warnings. Why do we advertise that today is a great day to go light a fire? Like aside from the fire service, there's zero reason why anybody cares if it's a red flag day. For most people, they're not going to suddenly change their plans. Oh, I'm not going to go ahead and light a bonfire today because I heard on you know on the news this morning it was a red flag day. Most people don't care. They don't know what it means. The terror level threat is orange today. Right. Okay. Same thing. All we do is advertise, hey, today's a great day to go light a large brush fire. It has no meaning to anybody. This stuff, too. If somebody goes and shoots up a venue... Why do we publicize it? I don't know why it gets as much attention as it does. And then people are like, oh, man, look at that. Not, not to sound conspiratorial, but doesn't... Never. Yeah, no, but doesn't... But doesn't the... Doesn't it keep it going? That's right. Doesn't publicizing it attempt to continue to pull at the heartstrings? Oh, no, I'm watching this happen on TV. This is bad. I, too, don't want guns. This is real bad. Well, I think it's twofold. It's, it's this... Uh, 
the media wants to push their agenda of no guns. Right. I don't know if they post news with the intention of let's get more shootings. Yep. I think it's more just politicized yep. Yep. for the fact of, see, see, here's another instance exactly. where guns killed a bunch of people. Completely. Well, I'll capitalize on what you just said. And, and you never hear of the other side of the argument where a gun was used to thwart a, cor- never. a crime. Never. And the only time you hear it is when it's funny. And I'll give you an example. When grandma stopped the criminals with Pappy's 45 and saved the day, mm-hmm. you know, that's right. the only time you hear it. That's the only time you hear it. Otherwise, it never exists. No one saved their shop from getting robbed. No one saved uh, someone from getting raped. No one saved blah, 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 blah. You you never hear it. And then you certainly don't hear about the times when just brandishing a concealed weapon helped prevent the crime or a bigger instance, right? You might only hear about it if they discharged the gun and actually fired. But then those times when it was like you just pulled out a gun and were able to prevent something. You know, that's my whole theory of the shotgun. I think a shotgun's a great home defense weapon because just the racking of a shotgun is intimidating. No question. You may just be able to rack it and say, I've got a shotgun and I'm going to kill you. And that dude might just run out of your house. You might not even have to use it. But you don't hear any stories like that where just the intimidation factor helped prevent a crime from occurring. And and we also don't know the data on just uh, a larger group of people having concealed weapons. Right. And and that making society, you know, we argue that makes society safer. Most crime is a crime of opportunity. If I think that you've got a gun, I'm probably not going to try to rob you. Right. But we know that in California, Chicago, these massive gun safe zones, most people don't have a gun on them. Unless, especially in most of California, you happen to be trying to rob or commit a crime against an off-duty police officer or something like that. But, for the most part, if I think you're unarmed, you're an easy target. If if I were to think you had a gun, right. I'm going to find someone else. I mean, this goes back to the classic point, right? The the three of us at the at this table, if we could get a CCW, would do it the right way. Well, the right way is so hard, especially because we can't even start the race, like I was saying earlier, that people around know that, right? So won't that influence just carry one anyway is that what you're advocating okay but for the people on the other side uh uh, those who are looking to do harm they're not dumb they know that right well and the fact that we leave it up to the county sheriffs right to issue it what a bottleneck What, what a bottleneck especially in this state you know you have a million different counties in this state and each sheriff gets to make the call on what happens. And and we know that certain, you know, like Riverside, Orange County, a lot easier to get a CCW. LA County, impossible. Santa Barbara, impossible. Ventura, impossible. So Kern County, they hand them out like Skittles. Right. So you've got just uh, counties within just miles of each other could have vastly different CCW issuance rates than, than other counties. Well, that's why that Supreme Court decision that we talked about past episode that's going to be huge when it goes to the supreme court and it will probably pass where if you have obtained a ccw anywhere it will be valid everywhere else right because your state reciprocity is even worse than the count you know we talk about how hard it is to get a county but if you got a ccw in one state you're not coming into california with it yeah you look at a map and california is like its own special color right on the map there's no yeah there's no deals 
with any other states from what I can tell. Cute. Okay, last topic, switching gears just a tad. So California could become the first state to require women in boardrooms. Let me read you a little bit of the verbiage to start off with of SB 826. But before I did, did you have a comment, Bobby? Well, I was just going to say a disclaimer. Yes. We have no women hosting the show. Good point. Yeah. We're going to have to shut down probably here pretty soon. But that being said... Did you just assume our genders? Whoa. All right. You're on a Make time- a proclamation Bobby, right now, Louie. Bobby's on a timeout. Louie can be a woman's name. Sure, why not? I don't know. I'm just saying. Okay. That's a big assumption. SB 826, Senate Bill 826, quote, have a minimum of one female as defined on its board of directors. Uh, hold on. i got to stop for a second. Back to Louis' point. We don't even know what that means anymore. They're using well, the word female in right. the bill. No, in the bill, they specifically say that as they define themselves, they, they went that far. <laughs> Perfect. Let's continue. Perfect. Everything covered. Cons- okay. At least they're consistent. Fair. <laughs> Let me start over. Quote, have a minimum of one female as defined on its board of directors as specified no later than the close of the 2021 calendar year. The bill would increase that required number minimum number to two female directors if the corporation has five directors or to three female directors if the corporation has six or more directors. Even like a legend, I guess, to figure out. The bill would also authorize the Secretary of State. Here's the critical part, ladies and gentlemen the Secretary of State, to impose fines for violations of the bill. My God. End quote. Okay, this is not the mandate of the Secretary of State, but let's continue on with the bill by itself. What do you mean? I mean, the Secretary of State affixes the seal to... <laughs> but they, now they <laughs> are they, so... And they do election laws. They are now so do authorized to collect money from you for behaving poorly on selecting board members. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think what's funny, there was a great quote by our favorite Hannah Beth Jackson. Well, she Democrat was like, the, she was like, the, she's the main uh, sponsor. Pusher she, of this, she's, right? she said she's that a, by having more women on boards of directors, we can assure greater protections in the workplace against things like sexual harassment because men are the only ones that commit sexual harassment. Can I, can, so you said, it's so interesting. You said something right there in her quote. So we can assure. That right there, when I hear that statement from an elected official, that to me is pulling back the curtain and revealing exactly their mentality. This sort of thing is because they know beyond a shadow of a doubt that this will accomplish X, Y, Z. Well, and I want to know, where does it stop? Right. Right? Because if if requiring boards to have female, a female on board... If that is a giant requirement and it's going to ensure safety, that's what we're talking about, safety. Uh, yeah, I feel safer this way. Feel safer. Why wouldn't we have like somebody from every race? And why wouldn't we have a trans person? Why are they being left out? And then at, at what size does this board get if we want it to be 100 representative? One-legged of, man bear pig. Why not? You of know? everything. I, I don't like... Imposing regulation on private industry, first of all. Mm-hmm. But second of all, Jordan Peterson makes this point with a lot of stuff like this. If you take it to its logical conclusion, 
doesn't end well. You just keep splitting it in half, a half, 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 and you never get anywhere because if a female is good, then having a black person is good. Having uh, an Asian person is good. Having every race, right. a Middle Eastern person, and then, okay, well, how about a, a female Middle Eastern person? What about a, you know, half this, half that female? Female Middle Eastern transit? person whose last name begins with a Z. Right, okay. because at some point, you're never going to get, you're never going to get to the conclusion. You could just keep splitting that atom in half. I mean, we do take it to the ridiculous when we were talking about that, but Hannah Jackson, what was her d- direct quote one more time? By having more women on boards of directors, we can assure greater protections in the workplace against things like sexual harassment. Because men are the ones who do it. Only. Men? No, I no, added that oh, one. Oh, you <laughs> added that one. I was going to rip her apart no, for no, that no, one. Okay. No, I'm no, saying no. because the implication here is that Females don't commit any sexual harassment. Well, that's that's exactly where I was going to jump in there is because we have two women in the legislature who have been uh, accused of sexual mispractice. Impossible. 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 Yeah, I'm a liar. Okay, so I went into the bill a little bit further, and they're citing a study from the MSCI uh, that was published not too long ago. And what they did is they took a survey of 2,500 members of whatever this organization is. And it's a global organization. So they they took it for granted and then kind of went, okay, so we noticed that companies with women on their board tend to do a little better than other companies that have either no women or very few women or what have you. And they cite this by going with the following companies, Kering from France, Bales, also from France, an industrial company, American Waterworks, which is utilities, H&M from Sweden, Medibank, a bank from Australia, Navient Financials here in America, and Le Groupe Jean Coutur, consumer staples from Canada. Those are the only seven companies which they took notice of. And are we told all the time by liberals, well, correlation doesn't mean causation. Yet, apparently, they just find some companies that maybe happen to have more women on the board. Voila, everything else statistically falls away, and that that directly is caused by that. Well, Bobby, you said they're using this as a measure of companies that do better. Yeah, they they, they took these seven companies out of the world... And but what and said this is a good example of women in the workplace on the board who you you benefit. But, but what is right, the KPI right, we're using? Right, to exactly. Like, no, no, no. There's there, there's absolutely no other correlation. No factors thrown in. Help me with better. Yeah. Like, what, 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 what is, is even better? better? Oh, oh the, these seven yes, companies right uh, lead their um, are, are on top of their class of whatever it is that on they t- do. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 they had the best profit. Last year, not to, not to say that you know, you know, last year didn't happen to be one of the best years of business ever. I, I I go back to what Peterson says though. Why why do we keep trying to make everybody the same when we're not right? In in his argument, especially as like CEOs and things like that are concerned, it takes a very unique person to put in a million hours sacrifice their family, their life and everything to just get to that point in life where you're like a Jeff Bezos or something like yeah, that, yeah, right? Yeah. 
it's not just why are men at the top? It's why would anybody want to be at the top because of the sacrifice you have to put in to get there. So it's not just that men are at the top. It's that a very certain subset of men are at the top. I mean, in fact, they're better than most other men, if you want to put yeah. it that way. Yeah, right? Yeah. And that men and women are just, uh, they're into different things in life. And that's not a product of, of, na- of nurture. That's, that's nature. Uh, he always points out the Scandinavian companies or countries which have gone above and beyond to try to make equality of outcome the norm, right? They have, got, they, they have law that says equality of outcome shall be. And all they're finding is that men and women have gotten even more different because the biology takes over and then pushes them in opposite directions. I don't understand why we need California creating more reasons for companies to leave the state because all I got to do is move my corporation to Nevada and not have to deal with the, the taxes or this kind of crap. So why would I stay here? You're going to tell me who I have to have on my board? Why would I stay? Not to mention, one of you guys kind of alluded to it earlier, you want to talk about the slippery slope that this goes down. Exactly. Today, you're telling me who and what I, what I have to do with my board. How is this not Atlas Shrugged here at some point? You will not fire anybody in the next fiscal year. You will produce how much you did last year, if not more. I mean, where, yeah, where, where does, does it the, end? Right. You, from that or from where, who, who I have to have on my board? You're already telling me I have one requirement. Now you're setting precedent for other requirements. You have to have a Hispanic person, an Asian person, one female person, a black person. Well, well, and, and, and again, you're person. just focusing on the board part. Exactly. Well, let me throw this at you. Well, what if... Since we don't have enough women in the workforce, because apparently, you know, they just stayed at home having babies and, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. But don't we eventually just get not enough qualified women to be on these boards and we start placing them to be board members of multiple companies? Well, we get in the same problem. Reusing the same women over and over and over again? We get the same problem we had with affirmative action. We were hiring people to complete demographic information and not necessarily the most qualified person. So now it's, I don't want a board of the most qualified people. I just need a board that satisfies my legal requirements under the law. I'm checking boxes. I'm checking boxes. And, and how do you feel as a female? You're only there because. Am I here? Right. Why am I here? But I need the government to get me a spot on this board. I didn't earn the spot myself. Like, even as a man, I wouldn't want that for me. I wouldn't want that for anybody. I, I want to feel like I earned the position I'm in, not that some government intervention placed me there. I, that To me, that's demeaning to women that you're not good enough to get on the board, so we're going to create a law to get you on the board. Switching, switching gears for just a second, come back to this, but I thought this was kind of interesting. The LA Times, uh, they pulled together the editorial board, and... I think all of them, but I, I pulled some select quotes. They Were come, they all men? I don't think so. Okay. Great question, though. I'm not sure if that was a requirement for the editorial board. Mm-hmm. Um, here's some of their quotes, and it, it kind of ranges, but some of them are funny. But it's interesting. I wasn't expecting at least uh, multiple sentiments in support of some of the things we're saying here. Somebody said, 
quote, selling shares of stock is just a way to finance a company, not create a host of public interest obligations. True. Mm-hmm. Another one, quote, we can- <laughs> sorry, quote, we can't require companies to be woke. They eventually suffer the consequences of failing to do it on their own. Well, that's what we're talking about here. And, yeah, right. And he's U- wrong. And Uber is a good example of this. I mean, and, the, and essentially they're saying, right, I, I think as a side point of what we've been saying, there might be an argument for a particular business or maybe even businesses overall. I don't know. That's part of the, for the marketplace to figure out. There may be a good reason to increase the number of females on the board. If you do or if you don't, the, the, the consequences of not doing it or doing it will work themselves out like they did again with Uber and people right. who tone deaf. Right. Okay. Quote, would we support a law that said 30% of McDonald's burger flippers should be women or 30% of LA Times reporters? Good point. It's true. Right. Last one. Quote, although I'm not sure I support this particular bill, I'm open to the idea of government coercion in the service of correcting persistent injustice. Now, there's the L.A. Times editorial <laughs> board. I know that oh makes a God. lot more sense. Can you read that one more time? Yeah. No, this is it, now this is to me classic. Do you, do you have Times. the person who did it? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure they listed their names. They might have. Yeah. Done a it lot of the time they don't. Yeah. Anonymously. Yeah, it's a good measure. Quote. Although I'm not sure I support this particular bill, I'm open to the idea of government coercion in the service of correcting persistent injustice, end quote. I don't know how not having a female on your board is an injustice. You're not woke. Right. It's kind of like the same deal of let's, let's, uh, let's try to look for collusion and not, um, and not giving Colin Kaepernick a team. Right? Maybe oh. he just sucks, or maybe I don't no, no. want his crap in my locker room. Can't be an argument. Did you right. Did you see that uh, he's uh, trying to copyright "I Stand with Cap"? Oh my god! <laughs> Something like to that effect. He, I, he I, has I jumped. Think I have that right. Yeah. He has jumped the shark. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's awful. And but the same kind of deal. Owners have a right to not hire an athlete, and it has nothing. To do now. a skill, honestly, there can be all sorts of different reasons. People say, well, you know, he's, comparison you always hear, he's better than all these other quarterbacks. He should have a job. Who are you to say who somebody should have a job? And if I'm an owner or an employer, I say, well, I'm looking at everything else. How are they on the court, off the court, on the field, off the field? How are they in the locker room, in the dugout? Because sometimes that can just be toxic. They might be awesome. Anyone but who, if they're toxic in the locker room, like, I don't want them. Like maybe I don't want Pac-Man Jones because he gets into random fist fights <laughs> right, at the airport. Right. Does anybody want to take the side of the bet that says that California lawmakers will not be working on in the next five years some sort of bill that affects pro sports in that way for teams that are here in California? Right. <laughs> maybe. I, I, would, I would bet serious money that we'll see something like that in the next five years. Why don't we have a law that says 50% of all elected officials in the state will be the non-majority party. Ooh. Like no, one, no, no, no. There'll be reasons oh. why that, that doesn't work. If that we want work. equality, why don't we have 50% Republicans and 50% Democrats? Because you can, you can only apply that to people that are woke. <laughs> and, and you're not woke. So, The ultimate hipster term. Always. I think that's about it. Is it time? Bring for, it. For let's, the let's bring it. The Play James the jingle. Woods tweet of the week. So, apparently there was an article in Breitbart, headline, Gavin Newsom vows universal health care for all of California's illegal immigrants. This isn't surprising, but 
now he's just being real vocal and because uh, he's going to win. We so. got to bring this one up on the next. Uh, of pod. course, oh, yeah. no question. Gavin Newsom says he's very proud of creating the nation's only universal health care plan for illegal immigrants in San Francisco. James Woods tweets, oh, why don't you just stand by the voting booth and hand out cash? Stop embarrassing yourself. Gavin Newsom. So true. It's true. You know, we want to, we want to, we don't even have water, so we need to pay for water. We want to give everybody health care, everybody driver's licenses. Everyone's got to get paid 15 an hour. Everyone's got to get paid I don't care what your skill level is. We're just giving away money like we have a ton of it. And we're in bajillion dollars in debt. We do. We plant the millionaires and billionaires trees. Nobody runs our household that way. I don't know why we run the state that way. All right. I think that basically summarizes the entire deal. Nice, guys. Oh, I'm getting tired of burning this thing down here. <laughs> Thanks for listening. New episodes every week, Wednesday, 8 in the morning, Apple iTunes and the Google Store. See you guys. Thank you. <laughs>